Community Matters is powered by Lakeview Ford Lincoln, downtown Battle Creek, and at shoplakeviewford.com. Welcome to another Community Matters. I'm Richard Pyatt. You hear us on Saturday mornings on 95.3 WBCK and anytime thereafter at battlecreekpodcast.com. If you missed uh, a discussion or you want to hear it again, just go to battlecreekpodcast.com and you'll find the episodes there. Lakeview Ford Lincoln makes the show possible, so thank them, as do we, for this opportunity. Well, it wasn't all that long ago that Battle Creek Police Chief Jim Blocker announced he would be retiring, and so we wanted the opportunity to chat with him before he calls it a career. Chief, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Richard. Great to be here. Well, thank you. So talk about uh, your mindset here. Uh, Why now? What was it about this moment that uh, made you feel comfortable with saying, I'm ready to pass the baton? It had gotten to a point, there were several critical incidents over the past six months that had happened. And um, I either was out of town or I had family in town. I don't know. Each one was different. You know, the team handled every single scenario expertly. I would call in or I would show up shortly thereafter. I'd kind of go down the list of things that requirements that were needed. And and I was just getting constant north and south nods. We got it. We got it. We got it. And I think that's really was the start of recognizing, you know, there is a horizon for me. There's a certainly a, a new horizon for the agency. Just about nine years as chief and to wrap up a, a 26-year career. You, know, you look to my left and right and I realized, you know, our community is in great hands. And I think they're going to be even better hands into the future. Not to mention, too, the, the Army has certainly pinged me for a mission. And uh, that, of course, also helped expedite my thought process. And so to add all that up in sum is that this was a great time. No one should retire in the winter. I, I will point that out to everyone. Uh, that, 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 of course, the timing was terrible. I would have preferred spring as we moved into summer. But uh, again, it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to serve as chief and as an officer. And, and now we just move on. When you started, uh, I presume you identified uh, certain potential goals and and accomplishments that you wanted to achieve. Can you look back and say, yep, I checked those off the list? You know, uh, I can. Matter of fact, I reflected on that document before I even spoke to Rebecca about what I had just received a call from my Army counterparts. And and that week, I really went through and started to reflect, okay, if if I look down that full list and, and scope of challenges that we had to overcome when I first walked in the door. We hit them all and then some. Uh, I think of some of the major initiatives, even up to as I cross the finish line here, right here now, the new communication system, the network, upgrading that entire 911 infrastructure, uh, improving our internal operations and, and common operating picture so that we can all see both left and right what we're doing to include fellow law enforcement agencies in Calhoun County. The fact that we all as agencies are working together, we actually like one another, right? And support one another. These were all uh, pretty significant challenges that I walked in the door and had to address and they've been addressed. Anything you look back on and say, I wish I could have done that? You know, I think I think of my tenure and I know Rebecca would certainly say the same thing. There's so much more we we wish we could have done, especially when it comes to community engagement, getting more officers out into our neighborhoods. But we had that trifecta impact of multiple fiscal challenges. I think I went through four significant economic events where we had to really pull back. 
after the George Floyd incident, the, the series of civil disturbance across the country, of course, really here in Battle Creek, it was more of a cooperative effort and an allowance of venting and of frustration that we encouraged. Um, I would say it was more joint than anything else. And then you just have the challenge of the economy is just has been churning along, which is really good, right? But I think the human services industry in general was hit across the board, you know, from educators to nursing, to um, EMS, to PD, the applications just were incredibly slim. And you throw all that together and that limited, the number of vacancies we and many other agencies across the nation had has been staggering and has been a top concern uh, for the last 24 months or more. And uh, we're coming out of that. I mean, we just, we swore in, I think it was 17 uh, a few weeks ago. And I think we're turning the corner there. I'm amazed at this quality, the quality of applicants. And we can talk about that here in just a minute, but I think we're turning the corner. And uh, I know that is one thing. Uh, the interim chief, uh, Shannon Bagley, wants to do is get more officers and and to close the gap in that firsthand experience with officers out in the community. Yeah, in fact, um, we'll share some discussion that we had with him following this interview in which he said exactly that. And so we'll give him a chance to elaborate on that. We talked the last time about the issue of, of mental health and and. Um, your uh, rather frank comments about the challenge therein. And since then, I had the opportunity to chat with a sheriff and and some others who offered their input. Interestingly, uh, Sheriff Hinckley said uh, that he feels the state is listening and that he's confident there'll be some uh, attention given to the challenges that departments face as it relates to uh, mental health. Do you have that confidence too? Yeah, I do. I'm a firm believer in that, that we're going to have to do something because by doing nothing, it's only gotten worse. Law enforcement wasn't designed, nor were they initially trained to deal with this challenge, but we have to. And that typically becomes the story in, in, that you see played out in local communities is that where society has failed, often it's, it's law enforcement that has to pick up the pieces or react to whatever the scenario is, and certainly dealing with the homeless crisis, certainly deal with mental health crisis, certainly deal with, with many other crises across the board, um, the you know, opioid ec- epidemic, and so many others, law enforcement has to immediately react to it. The question then is what happens the next day, right? What follow-on uh, policies or processes out there? And that's where we're failing. The state recognizes it. I think the federal government recognizes it. Um, the fact that there's some money through the ARPA funds uh, at the state level, I think, is driving a lot of this. And uh, so, yeah, I think we're going to move in the move in a direction. I hope it's certainly the right one, uh, and that's going to benefit the people that need it most. You talked about uh, the quality of applicants. We certainly have heard uh, across industries the notion that. Uh, the job market is difficult, particularly for those who are hiring. You just indicated some confidence in that. What do you suppose accounts for that? Uh, we've been hearing the opposite for quite some time. You know, uh, 25, you know, 30 years ago, when you put out an app, there might be one or two positions. You'd have a thousand people show up. Mm. Uh, and when I first was getting in, I, I competed with over 900 applicants uh, for, I believe it was 10 positions. Oh, wow. Um, and that was at in Grand Rapids and in Battle Creek. It was just as many. I think it was for two or three. And there was about 450 in the room. We filled the old McCamley ballroom 
So highly competitive. Today, it's not the same, but I'll tell you, it's certainly more surgical. We pulled out a team of, of our officers and we said, listen, um, we need some help. We need to find recruits. And we sent them to training. We sent them to some background schools. They came back with their recommendation was, hey, chief, we should get an app. I literally about threw them out of my office. I'm like, that is how you're going to solve our, our hiring crisis. You want me to buy an app? Uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Beyond my stubbornness, I actually did listen. We did get the app. And it was through that app, two things we discovered. One, there's an entire network of communication that is ongoing and continuing today that many of us in the older generation just aren't a part of. Um, and uh, But they are. It is a highway of information and people are getting on and off. And you got to have a sign up. Uh, once we put that sign up, we could localize it. And we were amazed at the number of applicants that flowed in. Hmm. It was like the good old days. And within, I think, 90 days, we had enough candidates that were high quality enough. And I'm telling you, uh, incredible people to include a former uh, engineer and former uh, uh, military folks, they jumped right on in and uh, we were able to fill an academy class. And that's the group that just graduated in December. Mm. We've got them in their police training process right now. So um, I, like I said, I think we're turning the corner. I am impressed with this generation. I think they're more aware of social challenges and the depth of the challenges that they will have to react to. And frankly, they're easier to train. They're not as stubborn. And uh, at least that's been our experience. Chief Bagley will have an opportunity to serve as interim. And then it seems as though uh, there'll be a chance for him to continue permanently if, if that's the way it goes. But this is sort of a trial period. Is this an unusual approach? No, it's, it's really common. I think, one, there's advantages and disadvantages from hiring for, from the outside. And there's also a political element to it, too. The advantage from hiring internal is you've got someone who knows where the bathroom is. He knows the past. He knows the future. And he, can, and he knows the community. I think there are a lot of good reasons why you want to go that route. When a community hires from the outside, it's normally because something needs to be addressed, right? It could be culture. Typically, it is culture. There is a political sea change in the community, and they just want a, something new. But there's disadvantages there. It takes that person sometimes a year, year and a half, just to kind of get all pistons firing and going in the right direction. And even then, it may or may not work. You know, when I was looking for a deputy chief, Rebecca and I talked about it quite a bit. We realized, you know what, instead of me just hiring this person, why don't we create a panel of community members? And and we put a small group together and we put multiple people through that deputy chief process, knowing that I was not far, you know, three years, four years from punching out. And we wanted to make sure we had someone that could be the next chief or certainly could be in a position to be interim. And uh, that's exactly where uh, Shannon is. And I think it's smart uh, that that Rebecca wants to give him uh, six months or so just to get out in the community and, and become known. And, and I hope, and certainly I think it will be even smarter if we try to retain him. It wasn't that long ago when you were a candidate for a chief in Grand Rapids, and that did not eventuate. At that time, was your mindset different that you would continue in um, a law enforcement capacity and something's now changed? Or is it different than that? So I always had an aspiration once I was completed my career 
and Battle Creek to go to Grand Rapids. Um, at the very beginning of my career, I lived in Grand Rapids. I went to college in Grand Rapids. And I put in for, as I shared earlier, uh, put in for GRPD. And the only reason I, I came to Battle Creek was, one, it was a fellow uh, candidate post-college at the police academy that I got to know. And I, she was an incredible person. And she was going to work for Battle Creek. And she encouraged me to put in for it. So I did. The second thing that happened is Battle Creek said yes first. And so as a young man who had to put himself through college and then through the academy, I was really ready to get to work. And I did. And I commuted from Grand Rapids for, for months. And then I would say probably a month or two after I'd already started Grand Rapids said, yes, we want you. Matter of fact, you're number one out of that big group of 900. But, you know, I'd already started. I'm like, well, I'll go back. And I think I spent the rest of my career uh, at Battle Creek saying, ah, one day I'll go back. And so when it came up, um, I don't know if it was perfect timing for me, but when it came up, I didn't want to let it go. I thought I'd take a crack at it. They had significant challenges. Uh, I think that goes without saying even time now that I think would have been worth taking on. But I deeply admire and, and love Battle Creek as a community, what they've done for our organization. And I hope uh, both in the past and my tenure and certainly well into the future, uh, I think that relationship will continue to grow because it really is a joint effort uh, keeping our community safe. And that's where we'll leave it. Best of luck to you, Chief Jim Blocker. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. <laughs>